All right, man. We are live. What is going on, dude? Nothing much, man. A lot of work, you know, blue collar life, a lot of long double shifts, making yeah. money. Hey, as long as you're making money working, that's good, dude. I'm I, uh, I'm the sucker that took the salary job, so they just keep working me more and more and get paid the same, you know? Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, because when it's slow in my job, you'd want the salary. Yep. You know? Yep, it's got its ups and downs for sure. But you know what it is? It's the Nooner Nation, guys, the podcast for Nooners by Nooners. I'm your host, Bill Schofield, and before we introduce our awesome guest tonight, uh, you already know, you've been listening to podcasts enough by this point. Like and subscribe on YouTube, rate and review on iTunes, rate and review on Spotify now. Um, I've got a couple reviews on Spotify, so that's kind of the currency in the podcast world. Also, go check out like our sponsor, repcps.com. Everybody knows by now, you've seen the hats. Jeff, you've seen the hats, right? The show me that butthole hat. Yeah, mm. that's them. So, that's the next thing I'm ordering. Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. So I'm wearing one right now. Skinny dips and bong rips. I had I had one around here that said uh, free hugs and butt plugs. But we've been having like people in and out of our house the last couple of days, and my wife didn't want that thing laying around. So I think she hid it somewhere. But. Yeah, so go to repcps.com, use the promo code Nooners, get 10% off, help them. I had the owner of that on the show a couple weeks ago, awesome dude, just trying to, you know, make a living selling hats and having fun. Go help him out, and it helps us out at the same time. But yeah, so without further ado, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, man? What's up, man? Jeff Crable, uh, Long Island, New York. Uh Handle is the blue collar athlete on Instagram and most social media. I stay off Twitter because I hate them fucking people. But uh, yeah, blue collar athlete. That's my brand. Those are the shirts you'll see me wearing. That's what you saw me wearing on uh, podcast out West there, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I didn't know that, that was actually a, a brand. So where can people go find the blue collared athlete stuff? Uh, well, right now I'm in transition for ordering stuff. Um, okay. I do have shirts available, uh, but I'm in, I'm in the works on that right now. But that's what you saw me wearing. Gotcha. I used to have several thousand of them. Uh, I've just been uh, my my kids are living with me full time, so I've basically been working and training and racing right. and kind of dipping off of social media mostly. So I'm just starting to make a slam back into the public eye, you know. Yeah, well, it's an awesome handle. The blue collar athlete thing definitely uh, works for sure. So yeah, you said uh, Long Island. What's it like out there right now? Are things getting a little bit better? Well, fortunately, I live in a blue collar belt of Long Island, uh, sandwiched between a bunch of rich people. So uh, here, it was pretty much normal, other than wearing a mask to go to the doctor. I mean, we people don't like rules around here. Yeah. And we don't follow too many, and I follow less than that. So, you know, and I work in a, a building materials industry, so, you know, there's not really... It's very macho industry. Yeah. There's not really too many people giving a fuck. Right. Know? For sure, man. So, yeah, like you said, um, on the podcast out west, obviously referring to Drinking Bros. Um, fuck yeah. You went out to Austin. That's kind of why I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago to get you on. You were on. You went out to Austin. Uh, I think you took your like your kid with you, right? That was who was with me just now, my son Colin, yeah. 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 Um, you see, like you're having a blast. They got you on the camera, and the message, like the live chat, just lit up. 
saying like, man, this guy seems like a blast, like one of the coolest drinking bros ever. I was like, man, like, yeah, this guy is fucking awesome. Like, I need to reach out to this guy and get you on. So how long have you been listening to Drinking Bros? Uh, about maybe two years, dude. Honestly, I just bounce around. I, I, I don't really watch television. I just listen to podcasts. And right. one will just take me to another. It takes me to another. And yep. I have some I listen to religiously and some I kind of bounce around on. But those guys just fucking speak my language, bro. You know, they start, yeah. I found them and I think I haven't missed an episode since the day I stumbled across them. Yeah. And I'm a huge American Party podcast fan, you know, and uh, yeah. I'm like a hybrid mix between Dan and Ross. You know, I'm a fucking maniac on one hand and, you know, pretty kind of political and reserved on the other, you know. Right. So I yeah. think both of those guys, you know. Yeah, you kind of look like a little a mix of both of them. So, like, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe sometime in the future they each, like, created a baby and then sent him back in time. And that's now you. That'd be a very weird thing to happen, but you never know. It sounds like something Dan didn't even think of. Yeah, it might be. And I'm not even on drugs. So, yeah. But, well, that's cool, dude. What'd you think of, uh, what'd you think of Austin? Well, I mean, there was a couple of highlights. I had, I was staying at a hotel right by Lady Bird Lake. So we had a roof deck pool and that whole thing. Like if you're into that stuff. Yeah. But the most amazing thing I saw was we were leaving to go to the airport and I saw two homeless men making out on the corner and one had a fucking squeegee in his hand. Hey. And I, I looked at my son and said, welcome to Biden's America. Hey, and, well, and we just had a laugh, bro. I, I Because it's not that it's not homeless people here. You just don't see shit like that. Right. You know? Well, you know, they might be homeless, but love finds a way, Jeff. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, dude. <laughs> love finds a way. Good for those two homeless gay people, you know? I'm not even sure if they were gay. <laughs> They're just whatever, just going for like whatever is there. I think if you're that if you're that fucked up and that homeless and you got a squeegee in your hand, I think all bets are off, you know? Yeah, well the other one is probably like, you know, this guy's not that hot, but he has a squeegee, so he kind yeah, of has a job. Don't let me share the squeegee. He's kind of got a job, you know? So <laughs> one day we'll make it out of this and be able to buy a tent, you know? <laughs> Dude, that's what I was thinking. That's great. So uh, the other one you know, when I left the studio, those seven creeped on me, you know, so I saw, you know, my son was driving us back to the hotel. Yeah. And I was pretty lit. And, and we stopped at Wendy's because we flew, our flights were delayed like four times. We landed at like three o'clock in the morning, Oof. the night before, well, the morning, that morning. And then, right. uh, I just didn't even eat. We just partied. Right. And then I'm like, dude, stop at that fucking Wendy's, you know? Yep. And we're, we just pulled in the parking lot. I'm barely taking the wrapper off. I'm starving, right? Right. And uh, this other homeless guy comes up to me, been around. He's seasoned. His skin's all leathery and shit, right? And he does not speak in English, really. He's just holding out his hand. It's got a few pieces of change that I couldn't even determine what they were. And he just kept sticking it in my face through the open window. And I kept trying to tell him to leave politely. I look at my son. I go, this guy gets one more time before I got to throw him in the bushes or something, you know? And then uh, he goes, I go, peace out, bro. And then he looks at me and he goes, peace out, bro. And then he just sort of meanders away. I say, this place is a trip, man. Yeah. It's like a mini Los Angeles. You've been to Los Angeles, right? I actually, I have, but I was there for work. And like my hotel was literally across the street from where I was. So you are an adventure. So yeah, and I found 
And actually, I can't even say that. I wasn't technically in Los Angeles. I was about 30 minutes east. Um, so, and I thought about venturing in, but, you know, it just didn't, it didn't well, happen. But, I mean, I'm fortunate. My brother lives in West Hills, uh, out in LA, there, but mm -hmm. out in, you know, in a nicer area. He makes some decent money. He's far more successful monetarily than I am. And, uh, but I'll fly out there to visit him, and then my coach is in Venice Beach. So then Venice Beach is a fucking blast, you know? Right, yeah. That's where you see some innovative homeless people. They'll just take other people's shit and make it into art and then try to sell it to you for more weed. <laughs> and uh, the whole beach smells like pot. Nice. And you get a contact high from one end to the other. But uh, just you go out into L.A., into the city, and there's, like, whole sections of it that are just tense. Every, un every overpass has... You know, just tents all right. over. Oh yeah. Wild. So Austin's like one sliver of that. You know. Yeah. Like, well. But it, it's it's like uh, like what's that light smoke that uh Roth? Roth oh, the diet diet smoke stuff. So that's diet homeless. Diet homeless. Yeah. You know. Homeless like homeless light out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. In Austin. Well, the first time I went out to Austin to meet up with those guys was last year's Super Bowl when they did the, the party at the studio and the homelessness yeah. was way worse than it is now <laughs> um, to the point where I actually missed my flight coming back because underneath one of the uh, overpasses, a homeless camp had caught on fire and it was so big and the fire was so bad that it engulfed the highway and they had to shut it down. That's wild. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Um, did you see any homeless people on fires running through screaming? And shit? I didn't. I doubt. Well, if I did, I don't remember it. I was pretty fucked well, up because I went from the studio to the airport. So nice. Not that I'm saying I'd want to see it, but if it happened to come by my way, it'd be interesting. Oh yeah. I'd definitely take a video of it. You know, yeah, so uh, we're out here on long Island. Like tonight's the first hot night. So now I'm dying in my fucking house because I don't have any fans or anything. It's been cool. Yeah. And then today it hit 70 and 70's warm here for this time of year. Yeah. And uh so this house is is nice and warm. Right. Yeah, I think uh I went to New York as a a young man, but it was like October. So it was the weather was pretty mild. Actually, if I recall, it got pretty pretty cold in the evenings. But uh I think it historically doesn't New York get pretty uh pretty muggy in the summers. Oh yeah, it's like um for July and August and maybe a couple weeks in September, it's like Florida. Yeah. It's very humid and it gets around 90, 95. If you're in the city, you're really hating life. But I'm near the ocean. Yeah, like, you can see Connecticut from down the block from my house. I live near the Long Island Sound. Okay. And then I drive uh, 20 minutes south and I'm at the ocean. Right. You know, right. and I'm way away from the city. Like when I have friends, I have friends from Canada and shit. And I went to school, University of Montana. Oh, wow. That's his rugby club. Oh, Lord. Um, you're going to have you're <laughs> going to have Davey in the fucking live chat. Ask me also. Ask him about rugby. Ask him about rugby. Fucking 20 years, buddy. 20 years I played. You fucking rugby people. You, yeah, yeah. We're a cult. Do you like cricket? Are you cricket over baseball as well? No, no, no. That'd be funny though. I wish I was. Davey's a cricket guy as well. I was like, now I just Davey, you're just being a contrarian at this point. Yeah, I was about to say that you'd be a little <laughs> you're just being a contrarian. You know? Well, I used to have the football players used to call us pussies. 
Mm. And I used to go, all right, fair point, because they're much larger. Obviously, they're recruited there and they belong right. there. And we're more like the land of the misfit toys. We're like athletes, but like athlete light, you know? Right. I and, don't know, uh, man. Rugby players are pretty fucking tough from what I've seen. Fair enough. But they were calling us pussies. And I'm like, you got pads and a fucking helmet. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was like, do you wear a maxi too? And, you know, you can get into it with those guys. It's pretty well, I, I mean, love all contact sports, man. Yeah. I don't care, you know? And also, rugby was developed by, you know, a continent founded by criminals. So there's that in Australia. Well, you know what's interesting? It was in the Olympics back in the 20s, in the 19, I think it was 21 and 22 or around there. We okay. won the Olympic rugby gold medal. The U.S. did? Yeah. Okay. And think about it, because we had a bunch of fucking imports back then. Everybody was fresh off the boat, right? Yeah, no. So, like, they were the U.S. It's kind of like when you get one of our guys that's all of a sudden from China and goes uh, and gets him a gold, or from whatever country, you know. Right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny that, like, in American football was actually derived from rugby, but no true football player will ever tell you that. But, yeah, I mean, you can definitely see that if you look for close sure. enough. Yeah. But, so, what? Uh, you went to the University of Montana. So, yeah. are you originally from New York? Yeah, from Long Island. Yeah. Okay, so what what took you to the University of Montana? Uh, far too many drugs at a super young age, man. Okay. Like, uh, we started dropping acid when I was like eleven. All right. And you know, we were fucking. I we were just, you know, look. You, people say there's no such thing as white privilege. That would be a lie. It's just the context you have to use it, right? Right. So my father was adopted, his parents abandoned him, and he fucking had a shitty youth. He worked his ass off, he worked three jobs, saved up enough money, bought a restaurant, a little pizzeria. Uh, he opened it when I was two, and he had it till I was 37. But uh, he worked his ass off to give me that life that he didn't have, and that's where the white privilege comes in. It's innocent, right? right? It's right. not meant to happen that way. He's just trying to give me something that he right. didn't have. What happens, though, with no accountability and a people parents working all the time is they're just giving me money. Right. And we're just a bunch of middle class white kids running around, you know, back in the eight. I don't know. How old are you? Uh, 34. So, OK, I'm... well, I'm 51. Right. So back in the late 70s, early 80s, I mean, you just left your house on a bicycle at six. Right. And they were like, you know, please come home at some point. Right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that and, was uh, you know, I was I was on the tail end of that. I was during the summers. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a painting contractor. My mom taught summer school to make extra money. So during the summers, especially, it was like, there's your bike. And I grew up in a fairly smallish town in North Carolina. So it was like, get on your bike, go fuck around with your friends, you know, maybe give us a phone call. Every once in a while, yeah, let yeah, us know. Yeah, like, check in. But we didn't even have that. Like, it was no beepers yet, even. Like, you right. know, we saw a dial phone. I mean, I, we were barely into push buttons. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't even have remote, like uh, wireless remotes back then. They had a wire connected to the box. Yep, yep. And, and before that is that old joke where my dad would make me stand up and hold the antenna so the Yankee game would come in clear. Right, you know? right. Um, I mean, it was literally kind of like that, though. We make jokes, but uh, yeah, man. So when I when I joke around about white privilege, I just mean like, you know, we were a community of people who are all middle class or better for the most part. Right. And um, we were just left up to our own devices. And there was just a lot of drugs in those neighborhoods. And they were, you know, yeah. and, you know, you we had friends that came from a more broken home. They'd come go into Ozone Park and give them a hundred bucks. They come back with a hundred hits of acid and then you sell them for five dollars a hit. Right. 
So yeah. you lose a few, you eat a few, you sell a few, whatever, and you right. just keep rolling that over. And then every there'd be these crazy parties like in the woods, like you can't do it here anymore, but there'd be 300 people from every different crowd you can think of in the woods, just with keg after keg and fights and parties and all kinds of stuff. And it was back in the era when, you know, you go to kiss a girl and she's not ready and you go, well, just have one more sip. <laughs> You know, and like you can't do that shit today. And like I wouldn't even argue you should have did it back then, but that was what yeah. I grew up in. You know, so oh, yeah. I lived that life at a very young age, and I had back to to upspeed you to Montana. How I wound up there, it was uh, Christmas Eve, maybe nineteen eighty nine. I think I was the year I was graduating, and I was fucking hammered, and you know, there's just a lot of drugs, and I just needed knew I needed to leave. Right, And I had family in Montana that I really didn't know. I just knew they were there. And I was like, what's the furthest fucking place I can get away from here? Right. And, and you know, catch my breath. So I went there. And then they had a, uh, they had opened up a New York style deli out there. So I got to cut all the radio commercials to have a thick accent for out there. Oh, yeah. And, and it was cool. I went to University of Montana. I never really had an intention of going to class and shit. But, uh, you know, I found the rugby team. I hung out with a lot of those fake hippie people. I think they call them granolas out there. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're like uh, trust fund hippies. Most of them had money. Oh, yeah. They chose to like burn sage, grow, the women grew their armpit hair out, and they just sort of played guitars and banjos and shit down by the water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm but very familiar. But they had a good time, you know? Yep. And uh, I liked Montana. It was the mountains. I skied a lot. Snowboarding was like just starting to take off. There really was no such thing as microbrews yet. They were just coming out. Right. And... uh and you could write a check at McDonald's for like a dollar thirty-seven still for like a cheeseburger, which you couldn't do here. Right. right yeah. Now. Yeah. So uh, I hid there for like four years. You know, I mean, I worked, I worked out a lot, played a lot of rugby, and traveled around and party pretty hard, and until I came back here with my tail between my legs. <laughs> right. After you burn every bridge there, I can't. I, I lit that place on fire and came back. You know. Right. Right. Davey. Uh, Davey asking. If you were coached by Vaughn Stump? Not that I can recall. Okay. Apparently, Andy Stump, uh, the, the SEAL that does the clear. I know who that is, yeah. That's his dad? I guess he has something to do with the University of Montana. Oh. And you know what, bro? I don't know about you, but I could have maybe – I even do know the guy, but the name thing. like I go, They have a tournament there. It's one of the most famous tournaments. It's called Maggot Fest. Because the men's mm -hmm. club in Missoula is the Missoula Maggots. They're like famous worldwide. Okay. They throw the largest Northwest and I would argue U.S. rugby tournament. And uh, I, I flew back there every year for that tournament for years after I left because it's a four-day party. Yeah. It's unlimited alcohol free. And the bars, all the bars, it's, and people, teams come from Australia, you know, and all, all, you know, you get like a team from Australia, a bunch of teams from Canada up in uh, British Columbia because you're out in the Northwest, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to rage, you know, it was like I came out of the frying pan and into the fire, but just in a different way. I didn't do a lot of drugs out there. I did a lot of partying, a lot of rugby. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you had the rugby, you know. Changed my life, bro. So, yeah. There you go. There's a... There's a uh, when you get the the brand back up and hopping, you can do a shirt that said "Rugby saved my life," right? <laughs> Dude, no, no. There you go. So I didn't even know rugby existed here, and then when I came back, I found out there was three teams on Long Island the whole time I was alive that I didn't even know were here. You know. Nice. Uh, 
Lloyd Berg, ask him if you ever went down to the testicle festival. Yes. Yes, I have. That's near, uh, I'm trying to think that's down towards Butte. When you head towards Southern Montana, a lot of the bikers go to the testicle festival. That's when you're eating bulls testicles. Yeah. And, and people come from all over the place to eat them. Damn things. That's a big party as yeah. well. Mountain oysters as they're known. Yeah. Yeah. Rocky mountain oysters. Yeah. yeah I've had, I have partaken in some mountain oysters before. One, yeah. one time they're actually really good. They kind of made them into like an onion ring and deep fried them. You know, those weren't yeah. bad. And then I had had them like the first year I was ever in Iowa, like the Iowa state fair. Apparently it's like the biggest state fair in the country. So everybody was like, you got to go, you got to go. And somebody was like, I bet you won't eat mountain oyster. Or no, somebody was trying to play it up. Like I wouldn't know what it was. Like, Oh, try the mountain oysters. They're good. I was like, yeah, they're like, they're fucking bull nuts. I know what they are. Like order them. I don't give a fuck. But they were, those ones were like sliced like a patty and then just grilled and they're really chewy and gross. And I wasn't into those, but I don't give a fuck. Look, you got to do something to doctor them bitches up or I ain't eating them. You know, well, you know what? Like, eggs i mean you're just eating a chicken fetus like what the fuck do i care man like i've seen i've also seen how chicken mcnuggets are made they're delicious i still fucking eat them i don't care yeah 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 you so know? you saw that thing when they're spraying the pink shit all over them and stuff Did yeah the pink that? slime i mean it's yeah, like that was amazing it's essentially they're just putting like pink cake batter into like a, a mold and it comes out as a chicken nugget like that's science I'll tell you what. it's science you know? When I'm drunk and starving, it's the only thing open. Looks good to me. Oh man, the boot! You gotta get the boot ones, the best shape. Yes, you do get those sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, well, there's only four. There's like four shapes because they mold them. They mold the yeah, pink yeah, slime. Yeah. So I will say, probably the best in the nugget game is Chick Fil A, but they're really expensive, and you can pound out like thirty of those, no problem. Yeah, my son Colin, who was out west with me, he uh. He loves Chick-fil-A. He works for a Ford dealership, and there's a Chick-fil-A right across the street, so yeah. he lives there. It's the Lord's Chicken, man. And the only... Hey, the I only to say, if you want any on Sunday, you're yeah, fucked. The only time you ever want it is fucking Sunday. It's like Sunday afternoon, you're like, man, Chick-fil-A sounds really good. You're like, fucking Christ. Like, no... <sighs> so, I, I was out in Montana for like four years, and then... Uh, when it was time for me to go, when I pretty much, I had no job anymore. I was crashing on a friend's floor. You know, I was like 23. Right. And uh, I had just enough money for a one-way Amtrak ticket from Whitefish, Montana, the Penn Station, which I don't recommend doing, by the way. But hey, it's I wish I had some money. Yeah. I get on the thing with a bag of Starburst and one suitcase of Budweiser and no money in Whitefish, Montana. And uh, by the time my family received me on the other end, it looked like I was one of the homeless people with a squeegee on these fucking yeah. My just, mom looked at me and started crying. You know, just sucking calories off of Starburst wrappers. You know, <laughs> but you will meet some amazing freaks on those trains. I passed Ted Kaczynski's cabin. They drive right. They go right by it. Oh yeah. It yeah, looks like an about- outhouse. You ever see that thing? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I watched it's them. It's like as big as this can. Yeah, I watched the uh, documentary on Ted Kaczynski, and it was fucking wild, man. For somebody, I mean, yeah, wild. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's just like this little one-room shack out in the middle of nowhere, right? Wasn't he like MK Ultra though? Didn't they give him a bunch of drugs? So they say. I mean, he's, uh, per, you know, IQ testing and stuff, he's you know a genius um 
when I create my own test, I'm a genius. When somebody else does, not so much. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. It's all a, it's all a scale, right? Um, my, I have a family member who is like a certified genius, like a Mensa certified genius. And I have witnessed him burn mac and cheese, like crash mac and cheese, like burn it to the point where it's unedible. Yeah. I've also heard him on a phone call one time asking a relative, oh, is why they were in college. Oh, hey, I bought some milk. I don't know what happened, but for some reason, like I put it under the kitchen sink instead of the fridge. And the other person's like, well, how long has it been underneath there? And they're like, well, like a couple days. They're like, well, pour it out. Like, pour it out. What are you talking about? Like, just pour it out. He's like, well, it tastes fine, though. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, pour it out. How are you, like, in college? Like, how are you a junior in college at the age of 17 and you haven't figured out how to, like, not drink spoiled milk? You know, like well, I always find it amazing that the smarter book smart somebody is, the less life hacks they have. You oh, know, yeah. like they they got nothing. Like yeah, they don't even know how to help the right end of a shovel to dig a hole. And that's not everybody. So I'm not hating on everybody. But well, no, they'll they'll know, they can cats. they can learn how to operate a shovel. You just have to give them very clear instructions on how to do it. Right? There's yeah, not right there's not the like book. a yeah. There's not like a, an intuitiveness sometimes to these people. Now this same person as they've gotten older and kind of out into the normal workforce, gotten much better socially and, you know, street wise. But I still, I know some, I still know some people that are very smart and still like, dude, like what? Like you don't know how to, what are you talking about? You don't know how to do this. Like this is very simple stuff, but yeah. So were you, uh, were you, a you're anybody that's seen your Instagram, which by the way, go check it out. Very inspirational, by the way. It makes me want to, like, all I've wanted to do since I've been, like, researching you a little bit and writing notes is go find, like, the closest CrossFit gym and start doing the dumb kip pull-ups, you know? Yeah, I don't do those, by the way. Well, it's cheating. What yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, not a, I'm not a very CrossFit-y guy. Uh, that's, like, its own cult, and I'm not shitting on it. They're just their separate thing. Like, right. They, you know, they have their own bromance going off in another corner somewhere. You know? hey, hey. But I will tell you, a, a CrossFit chick built right is pretty hot. Mm. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, you, do you follow Christmas Abbott? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, hot. Great so like, feet. I like Great CrossFit feet. chicks. A, a good MMA, MMA chick with a black eye or something is oh, pretty yeah. hot, you know? Yeah, so I do. That's where I do a lot of my working out now is uh, I go to, like, do MMA training. Um which I don't do a lot of like the the strength and conditioning before now. Now like I've been so busy the last couple of weeks like trying to sell current house, buy another house. I haven't had time to go do the MMA stuff, so I was able to actually go in and do one of the actual kind of like they do like when they're not doing MMA training, they'll do like hit classes, you know. Yeah. And I got my ass kicked cuz it had been probably about 3 weeks since I'd done any kind of workout. And went in and did a hit class designed by like these MMA monsters, you know. Yeah, you were sore as fuck, probably. Oh, I'm still sore, dude. This is Monday. Like my quads are still roasted. See, but, if we hung out in person, I'd be poking you all day long because I knew you were sore. I'd find every spot and just yeah. fucking grab you. Hey, I mean, I'm not opposed to a little flirting. I don't care. Hey, you know? Don, can you uh, get me a fresh one, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we'll but, go for seven. But uh. 
part of one of the little like the one of the the spots in the you know the hit circuit was pull ups, and dude, like I just I did not have it. I was like, man, I'm not doing. I my pull ups are sucking today, and some dudes like kip them, and I was like, get that CrossFit shit out of this gym. Hey, yeah, I'm not down with that shit. The muscle up's cool if you could do it. Oh, that's pretty dope. Which I don't know. I, I, I follow this chick on Instagram, Jen, Jenny Lynn. She's like a, she's an army reserve girl. She uh, shoots guns. She's got tattoos and she does jujitsu. Right. And super down to earth, but she doesn't. Yeah. yeah on I mean, the ring. On the whoa. That, yeah, that's pretty and, impressive. And it's it's great when you find somebody. It's like she's cute. She has shoots weapons. She right. Does, I mean. I, if I was, I would never hit on her. I'd be a creeper. I'm like 25 years older than her, but just yeah. she's a good follow, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what was her again? Let the people know where they can go. Jen, Jen Lynn on oh. Instagram. All right, go check out. Go check her out. Also, you know, friend of a uh, friend of Drinking Bros, Christmas Abbott. You know, she's always a fun follow. She's a little. I mean, she's you know her backstory. She's a little high strung. Yeah, you know, I some like might that. Say. Oh yeah, feisty. Unique, <laughs> uh, feisty. So, what, oh, you got your uh, you got your hard AFs. I'm on number four. On number four, man, we still got like a half hour to go, Jeff. That's fine. Yo, so I, I go to my barber. Shout out to the experienced barber shop. I got the, I go to the Spanish barber shop. That's where they straight razor my mohawk. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Joselito, this cat, he's a good dude, right? So I go there like. In season when the money's really flowing, I'm there every week because I like to be treated nice. It's like the men's version of getting your nails done. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I clean up my eyebrows because I'm disgusting and, and oh, yeah. uh, shave my head and whatever. And uh, that guy takes care of me. So uh, he had some cognac for me. So he, uh, I was supposed to go for my second workout. And instead, I did a couple of shots of that, got my head hey. shaved, and then came home and, uh, you know. Hey, sometimes, you know, sometimes I know uh, – Especially when it comes to working out, being consistent, you know, is a big thing. But sometimes you got to let loose, man. Go get your hair done. Treat yourself, you know. Well, did you ever get a pedicure? I've had a pedicure before, yeah. They're phenomenal. Yeah. One with a happy ending is better, though. Yeah, I've never had one of those. I mean, either. It just sounded good. But, uh, yeah, I've I've had a couple pedicures. I'll take that over a manicure. Um, I felt very uncomfortable during a manicure. That's weird. You kind of like... You're just like up here (laughs) and this like 90 pound Asian man with like a poly D haircut that's bleached out was just like trying to talk to me. And I was like, I don't know what I, yeah, they got this place down by, they do a lot of foot massages here. So you pay like $40 for an hour. They get, they do your feet, they soak them. And then they give you like a, first they rub your neck in a chair for 10 minutes and and at least they're under 60, these women, you know, because you right. go to some of these places. I'm like, man, where did they find this lady from, you know? Right. But they give you the whole, for like 40 bucks, you get an hour, you get a neck rub, a foot rub, and all that shit. I used to go there with this girlfriend of mine. Nice. Nice. So what's uh, what's your favorite uh, Hard AF flavor? Shit, man. I like uh, this one. What is that? The Blue Raspberry. Blue Raspberry? Yeah, that's pretty good. But I'll tell you what, there is not one I don't like. So what I do is I drink one of each mm-hmm. before I go back to the next yeah, one. Because, kind of cycle them around. Well, I was afraid of the peach for a while because I don't really like peach. Right. Normal stuff. But then I drank one. I was like, hey, fuck, these are all right. You yep. Know? That was me. That was me. I was at the uh, I was at the launch party for the Super Bowl. 
And uh, I, don't... I wish I was there, bro. That's how... I didn't watch it, but I listened. Oh, and dude. it sounded like a good fucking time. It, it was insane. I mean, so insane. I mean, you've heard the story by now. It was so insane. Dan Holloway got so drunk, he told his girlfriend, hey, let's take a picture in front of these cute angel wings. Like, that just proves how fucked up that, he yeah. was, right? He was, he was... I saw him... I saw him stumble into a vending machine at one point in the night. And then he was trying to get my attention at another point in the night and like fell over a table and then laughed. And then at that point I knew when he laughed, I was like, Oh man, like I should go find Brittany. Somebody needs to take care of Dan. And then, uh, yeah, Ross, I think that was probably the first night Ross really drank much since being sick. And, uh, we're at WTF downtown. I probably still told the story before, but, and I mean, the halftime show, if you're somebody even close to my age who enjoys hip hop, I mean, that halftime show was like the greatest thing on the planet. And everybody at WTF is going crazy. I mean, singing along, going nuts. And I look over as people are just dancing around me and Ross is just sitting in a chair, like in the front row, just staring a hole through the TV, <laughs> not moving, like just deadpan, like mouth mouth a little bit open, like a little, you know, drunk jaw, just staring at the TV as every, I mean, 400 people around him are going well, imagine what that alcohol did to him after that downtime. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, but every. This is why was, I knew these guys were my people, though, bro. Was they were making fun of me, like, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Well, they, what, they had a different thing every time. Giorgio oh, yeah. was at the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, whose baby is this? You know. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, I think Lasro. Who knows? Lasro's Lasro Lopez's baby might have been born today. We're still. I I have a a whole. You know that he's doing all the hard AF stuff. You know all mm-hmm. the advertisements. I had this idea, which I'm gonna share now but i'm gonna do it myself but i didn't get to it yet because it hasn't been nice enough for me to be out there with the day partying right i'm gonna make where my dick goes in the can i'm gonna cut it out and duct tape it but i'm gonna put two so it makes it look like it's a lot bigger than that oh right i'm gonna make a belt out of it with a thong nice and that's gonna be my advertisement and i'm gonna take my uh one of the shirts i got i got the all politicians and cunt shirt now i'm gonna you know tuck it through oh yeah yeah Pull no, it through, yeah. And yeah. that's going to be my hard AF advertisement. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they're going to love that. I think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I- I'm going to be the fucking East Coast poster boy. You should be, you know, because they got Lopez. Did you meet him while you were out there? I wish I did. I met everybody but him. Yeah. Like, you know? He's. So, Last Row Lopez is a trip. Scott Lopez. One of the coolest guys you'll ever meet in your he life. He looks like a blast. Yeah, if you ever like just get a chance to sit down and talk to him, like out of the character, you're like, man, like you understand, like he's a very, very funny guy, and you understand how he could have come up with Lastro Lopez, and you get a little bit of Lastro Lopez stuff when you're just talking to him, but like it's you're like, wow, this is not, it, yeah, it's he's a good time. If you ever make it back out there. Oh, I'll be back out. I want to give it enough time because remember they were like, "You flew out here just to 
show up on this podcast. And I'm like, well, kind of, yeah. Yeah, you know? why not? Hey. I took a chance. I was like, if nobody else is there, which there wasn't. And, uh, you know, it was wild. I walked. Um, they were like, hey, you want to come in and watch the rest of Ross Patterson Revolution? I'm like, sure. But, I, you know, you don't know anything. I'm in there. I'm yeah. like a little awkward, but yeah. not, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of like tiptoeing through and I'm like walking right yep. through his set and he stops and he's like, wait, and Ross like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, who's this Jack guy with the mohawk walking <laughs> across the set? And I don't know if you saw that on his show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he, that same day he called me back up onto the thing and he's like pointing oh, me yeah. out and point out my mohawk and stuff. It was just, Ross is a trip, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely uh going there. I mean, they really are. I mean, they're exactly who they appear to be. Giorgio was so nice. All oh, of those guys. Oh yeah, they're I mean, all ultra they're nice. Super nice. Though, like the one thing I tell a lot of people is Dan Holloway is very is very much a very approachable person, like in person. You know, everybody's like, because when we went to the the Hard AF launch party, I had a couple people with me who had never met any of them before. I'm like, oh, there's Dan. I was like, yeah, go talk to him. I'm like, I don't know if I can. I was like, he's he Dan Holloway is a very nice guy. He might shoot me for outing him on this one, but very nice guy. Very personable. He's just, when you talk to him, you realize like, oh, he's very nice. It's just his way of thinking is just different. Well, he'll say it himself. He's a bit of an introvert. So if yeah. you don't get it out of him, he's yeah. not offering it. Uh, Ross is exactly who Ross is. Yeah. I mean, he, that's why I said I'm a little bit of both of those guys because yeah. I am him yeah. as and well. Then, uh, I mean, the one that I'd say typically surprises people is uh, Delco Dan. You know? He puts on this whole kind of like, you know, ho-hum, whatever, too cool to care facade on air. When, yeah. you, when you talk to him off air, like he's a very nice guy. They were all, I, I, I was so surprised because I've done a few of these type of things where I just show up places. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I don't know if you do follow any comedians and stuff. But oh, yeah. There's a, a lot of the New York comedians I'm friends with and, um. So there's this uh, podcast network, and actually Ralph Sutton was on Drinking Bros. He uh, yeah yeah yeah. So I did security work for those guys for the Legion of Skanks. Said they did the um, Skank Fest. Right. Yep. They have that. So every time they did that comedy festival in New York, I did security work for them. And uh, so I'm friends with some of those comedians. I don't mean like friends like we hang out all the time, but like yeah, you're on a first like, first name. They're friendly to me, you know. Yeah, you're on a first and, name. Uh, they know you. So, you can talk. You know? So they gave me the uh, back. I would do the security work. I didn't want any money. It just gave me all access to mm-hmm. hang out with all these comedians. So right. I met like Tony Hinchcliffe yeah. and all those guys. And like they knew me by first name after the second Skank Fest. And, you know, I'd be in that studio a few times. And like Louis J. Gomez, the guy, him and Ralph Sutton own that whole podcast network. Right. Yeah. So Louis J. Gomez, I just watched it. He came out here to Long Island. And uh, I, he's great because he doesn't give half a fuck. Yeah. Is anything. that a, Ruben just brought this up. Is that a, is Big J Okerson part of that group? Yes. Big yeah. J Okerson is uh. part of that for sure. Yeah. So Big J Okerson, uh, Dave Smith and uh, Louis J Gomez and the Legion of Skanks, which I highly recommend you check out. Yeah. But from an inspirational standpoint of a total fuck up, Louis J Gomez is amazing. His backstory, I highly recommend anybody following it. His father was stabbed to death when he was a kid, and his mother was a heroin addict and killed herself. And he started out selling street comic as a street comic selling tickets guy. Right. 
and worked his way up. And he's he'll stay to this day. I'm still a shitty comedian, but he's one of the best podcasters. Hey. And then he built this whole network, and he has that whole studio. I mean, even Joe Rogan used his studio. He borrowed it when he was in New York to do a podcast. I mean, well, and they've yeah. been on Rogan's podcast a few times. Yeah. Well, man. But, uh, it's kind of cool to just know. I, I draw from unique people that are successful in weird ways. Oh, definitely. It kind of fits me. I'm not the guy that generally, like, is a big follow of, like, a super successful, famous guy. I like that guy in the background that's kind of making a sick living doing crazy shit, but you know, right. not everybody knows who he is. Right, you know? and I think uh, I think that's almost why, like everybody at the like Tetherball Drinking Bros place, is so awesome for with fans that come in, right? Because you're right, like you can go in there. They say it's an open door policy, and they are right. I mean, Even like, more than that, they're like, hey, where do you want to eat? We'll give you four recommendations. Yeah. You want to spend a little money? You want to spend yeah. a lot of money? Hey, there's, you know? there's a kitchen full of, uh, you know, booze and drugs. Help yourself. And uh, we're going to have some brisket brought in. Help yourself. Because I think they're all like, I mean, it's, they've all made this weird journey into becoming a very successful podcast out of nowhere. Like, I mean, in reality... Who would have thought that podcasting could be so lucrative 10 years ago, you know? So I would have got into it 10 years ago. Actually, I take that back. I didn't have the following and didn't understand it because I'm a technological retard. But, like, from an absorbing, it fits me perfect because I never stopped. I stopped watching television, like, 10 years ago. I mean, I'll catch half a show on Netflix when I'm dating somebody if they right. make me sit still long enough. But, I mean, I'm just... My kids live with me full time. I have I have three boys. My twenty four year old's off doing his own thing, but I have a nineteen year old and a seventeen year old. They live with me full time, and they have for many many years. And we're just like uh, with three dudes. We got a male dog, a male cat. There's testosterone dripping down the walls in this fucking place, you know. <laughs> yeah, do you but, guys, uh, you guys got a, a set of boxing gloves by the back door, sort shit like, out. Um, it's like a half frat house, half military camp. Because I I have like. A set of rules, right? There's like oh, a yeah. handful of rules like, you know, don't let me come home after a double shift to a sink full of dishes or I'm going to fucking be pissed, mm -hmm. you know? And like, you know, just basic things. And, and and they're just good kids, man. They work. They go to school. You know, my youngest one – oh, so my youngest one graduates this year and then I'm done. Right. And I and we're moving to Florida in a couple of months. Oh, yeah? What part of Florida? Uh, St. Augustine. Ah, found a youth. South of Jacksonville, a little bit on the on the Atlantic side. Yeah, oldest oldest city in America. Yeah, I call it New York, Florida, because it's York, just Florida. like a bunch of people who hate like liberal shit that moved to Florida, and yeah. you know, I'm I just I'm a I'm a lifelong renter. I don't think I'll ever buy anything because I'm kind of nomadic. Right. Eh. But like for like a little over two grand, the three of me and my two boys will be like two or three blocks from the beach. You know. Oh, yeah. Just fucking hanging out. And I told them that they can pay half the rent, you know, but I'll pay the first three months. Right. And they get jobs and they can pay half the rent. We'll get some jet skis and shit. And in nine years, my retirement kicks in. And, then, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Will, will your job transfer down there? No, no, I'm just leaving. Oh, you're just going to leave? Yeah. Well, I got 18 years into the pension, which will give me 3600 a month. When I Not turn bad. 60, plus I'll still work and shit and hustle and do whatever. Yeah. And like, I just, I have this really cool little BMW whip car, 
But other than that, I don't own anything. Like, I just don't care. Experience has always been far more important to me than ever owning anything. Right. Right, for sure. And, dude, if you're in Florida, your fitness shit, like, just go do, like, a boot camp out in a park for people. And I did that. I used to do boot camp classes all over the place up here. It wasn't even about the money. I just love the feeling of, like, here's the thing. You went to my Instagram. You said it was inspirational, right? Here's where I got burnt out, why why I don't have shirts and shit up anymore Mm -hmm. or anything. I only like helping people who want to help themselves. And oh, yeah, for sure. I can't stand people that are full of shit. And I really don't like people in general. I mean, I, I like to interact with people, like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of the fringe that pretend they're your friends and, or always want something from you, I just I got burnt out very quick on all of that. Oh, yeah. Well, merch, what a lot of people don't understand, because I actually I have a side hustle doing uh, – I do screen printing. And uh, I started that because – I don't know if you're familiar with like Burt Koontz and Bison Union and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I loved that. I was like, man, and I want to do podcasting. I was like, well, how can I fund doing podcasting? I'll start a t-shirt business selling t-shirts unless you have a story or you're like a hot chick that can do really good marketing. Selling shirts is the hardest thing on the goddamn planet to do. So that transitioned to me just screen printing for other people. I find that far more enjoyable and it's far more lucrative and far easier to get business. That's that so way. funny. We'll have to talk off air. Yeah, man, so, for so sure. When I, when I, when I roll out, cause I got some ideas when I'm ready to roll again. Yeah. Hit now I have a little sure. money in the bank and some shit. Like I said, I got really burnt out. And so I was just concentrated on myself. I turned it inward. That's why. So I did a lot of racing. And uh, yeah. so I, I, I do the Spartans uh, elite series and I would travel around the country yeah. Racing for money that I'd never win, but I'd always be in like the top 10, top 15. I would never beat the top, top guys because they have coaches all the time. And I don't right. know what they do for a job, but I got to show up at one. And I got to like. Yeah. Well, they're like professional work. athletes, right? They just. But I, you want to talk like positive. I haven't met a negative person in the Spartan race. And so I, I found my first. I did American Ninja Warrior in 2015 and I was. It was such a buzz to get eight minutes on NBC, like just be on television. And like, I never watched a show before I went on. So like, I really didn't know what I was doing. I never did any of the obstacles. I just saw the commercial and somebody dared me. And I have uh, some friends that are producers in Hollywood. Like they they make movies and shit. Not like, you know, not like most famous stuff, but some stuff. And uh, they were home. We went to high school together. They were here. They knew I wanted to film this entry video. So they said, fuck it, we got our equipment, we'll do it. So they filmed the entry video. They entered it all for me. And I just forgot about it. I'm like, no, I never, I literally never watched anything other than the advertisement for the show. I never saw right. the show. I didn't know what the obstacles were. So at 42, I got kicked in the face. It shattered my nose. I got a concussion. And that was my last rugby day. And uh, I was kind of lost because, you, you know, things become your identity after like oh, 20 yeah. years. I'm Jeff Crable, the rugby guy. My nickname was the Silver Fox because I was gray. And uh, that's all I did. I traveled around playing rugby seven months out of the year. And then uh, I got into free running and climbing and shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how I wound up on American Ninja Warrior. But it was the backstory. They don't really care athletically unless you're amazing. It's like, what story do you have that we can mark? Yeah, yeah. So it was single father of three struggling to survive. You know, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, I'll send you the link and you can watch it. We'll post it. it. I'll post it on the Instagram if you let me. Yeah, well, they they stole. I had it on YouTube, 
Oh. And they took it down because somebody bought the rights to all those oh, seasons. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I can't get it, but I have it on my Google Drive. So oh. I don't care what you do with it. I'll send it to you and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, we'll figure but, it out. But you'll find it interesting because they, I went to him, bro. I, I don't know if you ever watched the show. Did you ever watch oh, the yeah. show? Uh, I'm not Remember like. the guy with the green hair, Captain NBC, they called him. I don't recall like that. You wear the cape and shit. And, and, uh, Maybe. I've seen like. I, it's one of those shows because I don't watch a whole lot of TV either. Yeah, you don't um, seem like you would. But it's one of those shows, like especially like my previous job when I was traveling a lot, like in a hotel. You know, flicking through, it's like, oh shit! Like this is definitely more entertaining than the other crap that's on. So I'll just watch super athletic people run the gauntlet, right? So yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean it's a cool show. So what? Don't you like watching the people talk shit and fail though? Because that's oh, my yeah. favorite. Well, here's the thing. Pretty much anybody that talks a ton of shit on that show, they fail. They <laughs> fail immediately. They can't so, even. But, they can't even make it through the little hop things. You know. What, what you don't know, and I'll let you in on a little secret, is they don't pay for anything, right? Oh, I doubt they would. You their, know. their their gift to you is allowing you to go hang out with them. Right. Well, the exposure, right? They're yeah, giving you but, the exposure. I mean, like, I didn't even know what that was at that point. Right. Like, you know, like, I just was in a whole different realm of life. And then, so, short story, they they, call, they they were trying to call me for months, but I was I was getting, uh, I was separated, I divorced, but I was filing for bankruptcy. There was people calling me like crazy yeah. and from every fucking area code, so I would never answer anything. I kept seeing this California number show up for months. Not answering it. Fucking think it's a bill collector. I get an email three weeks before I went on from American Ninja Warrior. We've been reaching out to you for, you know, eight weeks. Uh, you haven't answered. Are you even interested? I'm at work and I call them and I'm like, is this really the Ninja Warrior people? And like, yeah. I'm like, yo, I thought you were a fucking bill. Just like this. Thing, I'm, talking, I'm like, I thought you were a fucking bill collector. Holy shit. And they're like, do you still want to come on? I'm like, yeah. Sure, why not? But at the same time, like, no, 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 because I don't really know, you know? Right, yeah. And, uh, but I commit. And I have this one friend, it's Adam Heller. He, uh, he's got some quan, you know? He's mm -hmm. got good money. He's a good friend. And he immediately, when he found out, he offered to pay and take me there. It was, it was in lovely downtown Pittsburgh, you know? I've been to downtown Pittsburgh recently. Shout out to uh, <laughs> Ruben Schneider and uh, JJ. High and angry. I remember high and angry. I I, I listened to I, once I connected with you. I started trying to listen to some of your podcasts. Yeah, I remember I was, you mentioning that. I was there last week, and uh, yeah, we uh, those two, you know, the bar shut down in downtown Pittsburgh. Those two were talking about Ranger stuff, and I just kind of hung out. It was cold. And I was wearing like one of these, like these, I, I'm obsessed with these, like, it's essentially a t-shirt. It's just long sleeve with a it's hood. It's a long sleeve t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. With a hood, you know, kind of thing. So I'm wearing that. It's like 40 degrees and I'm, I am six one, six two, depending on the convenience store and like 160 <laughs> pounds. Like, I'm like, I'm like a fucking chihuahua in 40 degree weather. <laughs> so I'm just sitting, I'm just, they're talking, you know, army shit and I'm over there just getting fucking wrecked off of a. Uh, JJ's rum, you know, in, in an alleyway in downtown Pittsburgh. But yeah, Pittsburgh, cool city. So I, they they took me. The, the show was presented at a uh, old abandoned steel mill called Carrie Steel Mill, and it's 
it's all rusted and abandoned. I mean, it's a complete shithole. And they get back there, it's like you're in fucking Lebanon from the 90s or whatever. I mean, it's, you don't even know where you are. You make a few turns and you're just in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And you ever been to one of them roadside carnivals? You know, you pull in the corner, you got a Ferris wheel, the zipper, and maybe mm. a Gravitron or some shit. Oh, yeah. That's what the show is when you're in the regionals. It's just a, one of them things yeah. set up in a straight line in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they film overnight because they need the night for the lights. Yep. So they don't, you don't know any of this, bro. I checked in at 11 p.m. I didn't run the course till 5 a.m. Mm. It was 37 degrees. Yep. It was May 18th. And uh, I just kept getting high and stuff and trying to like, back then I was still smoking up when I was weighing stuff. And like my friend's just like, Calm down. Here, take some more weed and get paranoid, you know? Like, yeah, right, yeah. But uh, I just found a piece of plywood in the middle of this corner somewhere, and I'm, like, doing a few push-ups, taking a little caffeine, eat something real light. And they, you know, we had to stop at Target and buy shitty fleece clothes because we were freezing. Right, yeah. And what they do is they keep telling you you're going to go. You strip down, and right when you're ready to go, they go, no, no, they're going to hold you back now. <laughs> And now imagine, I've never watched a show. They let you watch one guy run through the course once. You don't get to try anything. Right. And then next thing you know, it's 5 a.m. And they're like, they're feeling sorry for me, for my backstory. They don't think I'm going to do anything. So they're like, well, the last few of you, we're just going to let you go before the guy's in the finals. Like, I'm not going to do anything good, you know? Right. And I'm like, well, can I just go now? And they're like, really? The sun was just starting to come up. And they're like, okay. And I go on there and bro, the countdown goes on. You come up through the smoke yep. and, and there's just a screen the size of a side of the house with your fat fucking head on it, you know? <laughs> and, and, and like all this is happening in real time and, and, it, and it makes it seem like it's so big, but it's not. It's like, it's now as my goddamn living room, you know? Right. And, 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 and the, ah, shut up. My, That's my English bulldog. Oh um, Lord. Oh, he's the best. He was given to me by my ex-wife as torture. Oh, yeah? Just to, just to chew up um, all your shit? I love English Bulldogs, man, but they chew. Well, well, on a side note, what's amazing is every Bulldog backs into you ass first to get petted. They oh, yeah. Come in forward. It's amazing. Yep. So, uh, so, yeah, you see a fat head. You're like, oh, my God. Your heart starts pounding. You look to the left. They make it look like this big crowd, but it's just a little section of bleacher with just right. a shit ton of people slammed into it. So... When they pan out, it looks like a lot of people. But right. to you, all this is happening. And you know how they make you hop them pads in the beginning? And there's oh, yeah. water in you. Well, they're much further apart than it looks. Right. Right? I'm fucking freaking out, you know? And the guy, all of a sudden, they go, you're going to go in five, four, three, two, one. And the thing goes, beep. And I just look at everything, and I just go, I exhale and I just start hopping slowly across all these things. I get to the next thing. And my whole motto is make it through the first thing I could go home, make it through the second thing. I can look my kids in the eye, make it through the third thing. I've won. Like right, it doesn't yeah. matter after that. Right. I made it to the like sixth thing. I was one before the warp wall, which was the um, prelim final part. Right. Yeah. It goes on past that when you get to the next round. Yeah. yeah I've seen that. So, I made, it to, I made it to the devil's step. I'd never seen any of this stuff, bro. And they cut it all out, but my forearms were knotted up, right? And I'm about to go to the devil's step. 
I just sit down on the stage and start talking to the crowd. I'm like, I, there's no way I'm going to fucking do this. I can't even feel my hands, you know? Right. And then I get up and I go do it. They cut all that out. And uh, by the way, that chick at the end, you know, the announcer chick, uh-huh. just as hot in person. Smoking hot. Good now. But uh, it was just an amazing experience. Fucking ch- I use it. It changed my whole life, you know? And that's where I found, like, social media. Like, I didn't even really right. use it before that. And that's yeah. where I came up with the blue collar athlete concept. And, um, and that's where I found the Spartan series two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And I found, I liked running through the woods far more than I liked that prefabricated yeah. type of stuff. Right. Yeah. And then boom, I was off and running. They took a real shine to me. Yeah. And, um, I didn't even have to win. Like, like this, that's one of those things where I just show up and I'm like, at the time I was 40, six or 47 and i was just doing really well and then next thing somebody reached out to me and i'm getting a write-up in their online magazine just a little little tidbits of stuff to keep me going and motivated right. and i reached out when i was racing in california i reached out to the owner of deuce gym which is this guy logan gelbrack he's world famous uh strength and conditioning coach he used to play for the padres when he was a bit younger and um you know, you just meet these crazy people. I just reached out to him. I'm like, listen, I got a tear, a muscle tear, and I need to climb rope. Do you have any technique you recommend? He's like, just come on down. And he just, for no money, he he had an indoor-outdoor gym in Venice Beach, but not on the water, but like in Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I'm still friends with that guy to this day, you know? I just show up there, and he'll just coach me and stuff. It's great. You know? and, awesome, uh, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've never done the actual Spartan one. I've done some of, like, the... The knockoff, like the gladi- but, I mean, gladiator you the concept. You jump yeah. and run through some shit. You challenge yourself. Yeah. Do you, so do you, do you have all the medals? Do you have all the Spartan medals? No, because if you're not first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. You know? Like, well, I thought like if you finish, right? Like, because there's a... No, they give them to you. I just mean they don't mean anything. Oh, gotcha. Like, do you, that's what I mean with that reference. If you're not first, you're last. It's like... It's like I run a lot of trail races and shit, local races too, and I'll win first in my age group. I never show up to get that medal. Right. I mean, what what the hell does that even mean? Yeah, I mean, like, you finished something, right? Well, no, but I mean, not. But I know that, and right. they know that. I, I like. I guess when you get your first Spartan medal, it's cool, and maybe a couple after that. But when you're in the money series and maybe you get really close, it's like a race that really kicks ass. You want to go get that medal. Right. Okay. Other than that, you just wind up with, I mean, I've raced like a, like 300 races. You have 300. Oh, uh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not shitting on me. No, no, I, no, no, no. I, I feel you there. I, uh, not that it's anything insane, but when I was, early teens to late twenties, I played like professional paintball. And at some point you get oh, to the point. Shit. Yeah. At some point you're like, Hey, second place. Like I don't want second place anymore. You know, like fuck well, this noise. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> there's certain things that are important to you. Right. Yeah. So like I won only one Spartan race that I won the fucking the thing. And mm-hmm. it was a long Island race. And the only reason I won is because, the race itself isn't big. It's big in New York, but not big on Long Island. So the competition was weak. Right. Which made me awesome. <laughs> hey. If you want to seem good, hang out with people that are not. And, and and so I won. And then I got penalized for some shit. And they took a minute off my time on the tail end. And then I wound up in second. Oh, damn it. So I never went up for that fucking thing. You it was know? the PED like, test. You failed the PED test? 
Dude, I was just shooting myself up before I got on here. Yeah. Yeah, TRT is amazing. Yeah, I bet. Like I, uh... I mean, when I was 31, I wasn't doing it, but I mean, I'm 51, and and yeah. like, uh, well, right now I'm 210 pounds, but when I was racing six months ago, before I got hurt, I was 180 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't run. I'm like half a cripple, but I have to work and I lift a lot. I just can't run. So I just embrace the lifting world now. So I, right. I kind of do more of an old bodybuilding style now and, and right. just go in and crush any body part that I can that doesn't hurt, <laughs> which, which yeah. is limited. Yeah, I actually, uh, because of Drinking Bros, I went and got like my testosterone and all the stuff checked because I was always really tired and... Like, sex drive was never really a problem, but I also have, like, a really hot wife. But so. even if it was, you wouldn't admit it. Let's just say we... Uh, mm. Oh, no, I just mean, like, the precursor as a man, uh, when you say have this conversation, before we get to this level, like, you and I are pretty comfortable at this point just saying whatever. Yeah. But in the real world, everybody has to lead with, I'm not having a problem with my sex drive, but... But, no, no. Uh, no, I am actually probably... The right gu- gust of wind blows, and I'm going to yeah, like, yeah, the sure. office bathroom, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's kind of teasy. Um, no, actually, what it turns out, the doctor's like, oh, your levels are fine. Like, how much sleep do you get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, You're well, like, enough to just for you to give me the TRT anyway? Well, <laughs> well, enough that my eyes don't burn quite as bad when I, when I wake up. Well, I don't know how it is by you, but here you can get anything. I mean, you could fucking, like... I go to a clinic and my T levels were low and the guy looked at me and goes, how do you look the way you do with your T levels like that? I'm like, I never stop moving. Right. I just train and race and work and sleep and drink. And, and, uh, then they, he goes, well, let's start with this amount. And I did, I started with the half of the, of what he suggested and right. stayed that way for a while. And just slowly. And I was like, wow. All of a sudden I was like, this feels great. And, and I like uh, now I'm like right around where I'm I'm taking what I'm supposed to take. And then yeah. I was listening to a Rogan podcast where the doctor on there said, take that same amount, cut it in half and take it twice a week. You're not doing any more, but split it up. Right. And that was amazing. So if anybody out there is on TRT and they don't know that, if you're doing it yourself, you just cut it in half the amount you take it and do it twice a week instead of once. And it just keeps your testosterone levels well and full time. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Actually, uh, there's a lot of people like Nooners and Drinking Bros and stuff that I've talked to that because of like Dr. Frank and stuff being on Drinking Bros, they've all they're now all kind of on various levels of TRT or, you know, supplement replacement hormone therapy. So, yeah, there you go. You hear it from a guy who's doing it. Do half as much twice as often. Right. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember the doctor's name, but I'm kind of a burnout. But it was a Joe Rogan podcast. He always said, you know how oh, it is. Wow. He has like, like, I love that podcast when there's somebody I'm interested in. But if it's not, it's a long three-hour hang for something you're not interested in. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at with Rogan now. Um, obviously, the godfather of podcasting. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't have found, I wouldn't be here talking to you if I didn't find him six or seven years ago or whatever. But, yeah. Like, there's just sometimes I'm like, oh, fuck this, whoever he has on, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But there's some good ones. Uh, before we get off of here, I think um, one of the ones that I found surprisingly 
captivating was when he interviewed Jewel. I love that podcast. Yeah, that was crazy. I was at my I was like at my desk just like what? Like she's homeless at 18 and turns down a, a million dollars and then What about when she lost all the money when it got taken from her by a mom? Yeah, spoiler alert. Her mom steals like 150 million dollars from her and just walks away. That's one of the few times if you if you if you ever have seen Joe Rogan, he's had some incredible people on there that say some of the craziest stories. That was one of the very few times I've seen him speechless. You know what else I found interesting was the Miley Cyrus one. I did like that one as well. I was like, oh, Miley Cyrus, really? And then I was like, man, I came out of that like, wow, I did not know this, but I like Miley Cyrus. Well, well, here's a funny thing. I lived in Montana when like her dad was famous with the achy breaky song and all uh-huh. that shit. That you, shit was happening in real yeah. time. When you I you were busting nuts with achy breaky hard on in the background. We get you it. You know what the sad part is? I had a flat top and a tail and a gold chain in the middle of Missoula, Montana, because I'm from here, right? So I was right. getting in bar fights all the fucking time because I didn't belong there. And and uh, um, Nirvana came through there, and I didn't even go to the show because I didn't know who they were. It was like a crowd of 500. I missed Pearl Jam the same way. They were right there. I was eight hours from Seattle, driving distance. They all came to the University of Montana. I didn't watch any of them. Man, you missed out. No, no shit. But I did get to see Soundgarden in a crowd of 500 at the edge in Orlando, which is an outdoor little thing in the middle Mm. of Orlando in the city. And I, I had a moment with Chris Cornell on his encore where I was like right up on the fucking stage because he's my favorite. I mean, goddamn, the best singer's dead. R.I.P. Chris Cornell. Well, I love. Bro, I'm a big Chris Cornell fan. I shit you not. I have all his acoustic shit. I listen to every day still to this day at work. But Very uh, nice. live, best show ever. I mean, just because he'll look his eyes, man. When you, when you connect with that dude, it's like you know he's like looking right. Even if he's not, it is. You know? No, he knows. But he, it was cool because I was picking people up over my head through that whole concert and throwing up into the crowd. And then once I did one or two, I wound up with a line, you know? Yeah. And I just kept taking people, picking them up, and throwing them up into the crowd for like an hour. It's pretty cool. Man. Yeah, I, I, look, listen, man. I, I know we've been talking some shit, and I probably babble a lot, but I've lived an amazing life. I've been all over the fucking place doing just the most obscure shit, you know? And, uh, it's all experience driven and has nothing to do with uh, material things. It's like, ju- I make my money, I pay my bills, I make sure my kids are taken care of. And then I'm off, man. Like I can, my kids are so like, like dialed in that like when I leave for a week, I just go, don't burn the fucking house down is my joke. And then I just leave and I just come back. You know? Yeah, for real, man. Yeah, you definitely seem like you've lived an incredibly interesting life. And I think we've just scratched the surface of this. So we're going to wrap this up, but dude, open invitation would definitely get you back on, you know? Yeah. And well, let's, um, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's, uh, we'll schedule something. I'll talk to you off air. Cause I want to talk to you about that screening thing as well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we'll try to schedule something. Maybe we'll format a little more. Cause I go all over the place. I, I'll just not shut the fuck up, but yeah, I, I, I can tell you a bunch of shit. I've done some wild stuff. So, oh, for uh, sure, dude. We'll, we'll definitely like, yeah, we'll talk. We'll get you back on. Maybe we and, meet uh, up. Uh, maybe we meet up in Austin. I would say Des Moines. I, I will travel on the because I'm a union guy. I got a shit ton of paid time. Well, I got 20 years now. 
Right. So like I get six weeks of vacation, fucking 11 days of call in time, you know, like right. I just disappear. For days yeah. And not to keep this thing going, but you're, you're a teamsters guy, right? Yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll beat up one day, just have an entire episode about how they probably tell you not to talk about Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> well, you heard me on the show, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes, Ross goes, he's buried in the end of giant stadium. I go, that's what I, you know, yeah, sure. And he goes, you think so? I go, I don't even give a shit, but yeah, yeah sure. Why not? Why not? You know? why not? Well, yeah, oh, I mean, they're all, the union's weird, dude. Right. Cause you could hide out and suck at life and make the same pay as me. And I bust my ass. I just learned not to take it personal. We all have our own way to get through life, you know? For sure, man. But we'll hop off of here. We'll talk offline about some stuff. But, uh, dude, this has been fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Bro, you kid, thank you for letting me talk. Nobody loves No, I love talking. That's why I, what I have to say. That is literally why I started this show was, um, you know, the, the Drinking Bros and Nooner community like it's full of so at this point it's full of so many people with so many incredible stories right like let's hear the stories man like i understand it's uh i've been criticized for like starting a podcast about fans of a podcast and like kind of hijacking that but i man, totally like, got off on that idea i think it's but you know like I, like it, this community has saved me in so many ways so part of paying that back is to get people like you on to talk about your stories, right? Like, so thank you so much for coming on. We'll definitely have you back on again. Yeah. Thanks again. And, uh, and, and shout out to all you people listening. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed and, uh, I'll catch up with you in private. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. So all right, thanks again. once again, before we hop off, tell everybody where they can find you once again, you can find me at the blue collar athlete on Instagram and sort of on Facebook for old people. Cause I have like high school friends on there. Right. I don't use Twitter because I just, I, I don't, I don't know how to talk in such a short format. Twitter sucks. So yeah, yeah, I'm I, with you on that one. I, I have a Twitter, but mainly just so I can look up whatever porn stars Ross is talking about, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> so I have a Twitter. Um, so uh, as a side note, like Instagram, like, if, if you enjoy like athletic shit and kind of an interesting story, I'm a good follower. You know, I do a lot of story and much less posting now. So if you like a good Instagram story, that's usually where I'm fucking on. Awesome. And before we hop off of here and I'll close out on this, a certain, uh, nooner came in super late by the way, but he's got his own button on my soundboard. So, Oh my lucky stars, a Negro. Love you, JJ, buddy. We mentioned you earlier talking about you. In That's Pittsburgh. black Irish for you. Yeah. So once again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Nero. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem. All of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pull me back to that McDonald's. Took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street. Off-white Lexus. Driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out that bed stop. Home of that boy. 
Biggie, now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me, say what up to Tata, still sipping my top, sitting courtside, Knicks and Nets give me high five, I be spiked out, I could trip a referee, tell by my attitude that I most definitely from Everybody ride her, just like a bus route Hail Mary to the city, you're a virgin And Jesus can't save you, life starts when the church in Came here for school, graduated to the highlight Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight Empty in May, got you feeling like a champion The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient oh, yeah. 